0: Welcome to the Tea with Bree. I'm your host, Bree. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Bree podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. We'll start with my guest's bio and intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. A special thanks to Capital Factory in downtown Austin, Texas, which is where this episode is being recorded. This episode, I am joined by my guest, Caitlin Swartz, founder and CEO of Upper 90 and the brand new Vice President of Community Engagement at Austin FC. I'm going to pause here to clap, <laughs> 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 then I'll read her bio, and I'm so excited that you're here. Caitlin has loved soccer since the moment she scored her first goal at age five. She's played with the Lone Star Soccer Club, St. Stephen's Soccer Academy, Pomona College Women's Team, and the league's in San Francisco, New York, and Boston. As a coach, Caitlin has trained players ranging from competitive club athletes to first-time adult players. After years of teaching and working in New York as a consultant for nonprofits, Caitlin decided to connect her skills with her passion for the game. She earned her master's in education from the Harvard Graduate School of Education, where she focused on using sports to help students transition from middle school to high school. With the help of a team of professors and peers, Caitlin built and tested the Upper 90 curriculum with the goal of launching the program in her hometown of Austin, Texas. Caitlin is trained in restorative justice and is the recipient of the Harvard Leadership in Education Award, the Harvard Faculty Tribute Award, and the 2019 Austin Women's Way Rising Star Award. Fancy! <laughs> Hi, friend. Hi. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? I'm good. Congrats on your new job. Thank very you. Excited for you. I
1: am very excited.
0: And when we first met, you had just officially launched Upper 90 in Austin, and so it's like been like a weird three-ish four years of like seeing that trajectory to where you are now. So it has been a weird three-ish years. I'm so I will say that. <laughs> That's fine. I feel like that's where you know things are getting good. If it's just like, I don't know how I got here, but here yeah, I am. Yeah, here I am. Somehow. Some, listen, we're making it. 20, <laughs> I'm of this mindset right now of like nothing bad can happen in 2020. Ooh. Which is like this really weird energy I'm accepting. Everyone's like, okay. I'm like, listen, we'll see what happens. But if you speak wood, it, it will happen. Thank you. Knock on wood. So far, so good. Um. So how we knew each other. We met probably about three years ago now. On a friendship app, then <laughs> I don't even know if it still exists. I meant to look I it up. I don't either. Um, but it was called Vina, and I think we were the only match each other ever had. And like we went on maybe we went to dinner. No, no,
1: I had many other matches. See, I didn't have any I just any chose other. not to meet anybody but oh, you. Oh, <laughs> well,
0: excuse me. So yeah, like we matched. We went to <laughs> we went to dinner, and we've been friends ever since. And it's funny. Because I think we would have met either way because of Alicia, who Alicia was on a couple episodes ago. But you and Alicia know each other from New York. We, yes, we
1: used to work for the same firm. And she was in the San Francisco office when I was in the New York office. And so we had met you know, whenever we would travel to the other office and go to happy hour here or there. But we actually didn't know each other that well either. Oh. But when I, so I'm from Austin, but Austin has changed since yeah. I grew up here. And when I moved back, I really didn't know that many people that lived here anymore. Um, and so Alicia and I met up when I moved back and we became fast friends. And then, yeah, you know, I can't say I love dating apps. So I'm not sure why <laughs> I gave a friendship app a Look, shot. you
0: had moved back and I I had a friend yeah. in LA
1: who swore by Vina. Who she moved to LA after not knowing anybody as well, and yeah. she had met some really cool people. So I was like, "Oh, give it a <laughs> shot." If and yeah, I, you were literally the only person I met up with. Um, and look I here feel we are. So special you about are it. so special.
0: Yeah, and then we've been like attached to the hip ever since. So much <laughs> end of story. I really loved watching the last three years of watching upper ninety really grow. I think when it first started it was just like you and Jordan. <laughs> you figuring <laughs> just it out me and, and now Jordan. It's like this whole big thing. you just had the fundraiser back in October that Jill and I helped you with and I think yep. it was like such a success and I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah,
1: we've we've come a long way. I remember when we first started I would be loading up all of the equipment into the back of my Prius and <laughs> filling up the water coolers and trying not to spill it in my car. And I remember one time my mom told me, you know, one day you'll have people that can help you with this and you'll look back on this day and laugh at how you used to do all of this by yourself. And sure enough, here we are.
0: (laughs) I think that's a beautiful way to transition like into the topic. Like today we're talking about like being a lady boss and like having the support of women around you if it's in sports or business and all that sort of stuff. So I think it was like a collaborative decision on today's topic, but I'm like, I'm really excited about it because I think... Making friends as an adult, I've heard, is difficult. <laughs> I don't experience this. Um, but from a, for a lot of people, like, I can't just, like, go up to and talk, talk to someone who I haven't known. Like, you grow up knowing all these people. You move to a new place. Mm-hmm. You don't know anyone. It's kind of like you make friends at work maybe, but then, like, you have to, like, do stuff outside of work. So it's not just your work people. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk about, about this. I think we should start with probably, like, sports. I think women's sports. That's kind of how Upper 90 came to be. Um, I do want to take a minute to shout out Kobe and his daughter Gianna, who just passed on Sunday. Um, I think about how Kobe was really wanting to uplift female sports. And Gianna was already like had a spot at UConn, which as a girl from Connecticut, I obviously love. Um, But yeah, I mean, that. That I'm like I'm still in shock about it, so I'm like I don't even know how people who are close to him are dealing. So I just want to like take this time to like really, like virtually hug his family and his fans and all those affected by this, this great loss. And watching like videos of him and her has just been like me crying all I week. Know. And I'm just like, she had she had so much to look forward to, and it's just really sad. So Kobe was you know the first really
1: popular global athlete to make soccer to kind of put a stake in the ground and say soccer is a cool sport like back before yeah kobe has been particularly a u.s women's national team fan from the beginning like i remember seeing pictures when i was growing up of him showing up to world cup games or sporting the the women's jersey because he grew up in italy and he played soccer actually a little bit so he grew up in this you know soccer culture and he was really the first guy to be like you know what guys soccer is a cool sport
0: and and people listened thanks Kobe I know speaking of women's soccer we need to talk about that to start with because I think I feel like this past summer watching the women's world cup was life-changing for me and you know like I have like I've loved watching soccer but like Like, the college I went to, was, they had a really good soccer team, so, like, I would go to every game that's really... I didn't really get into the soccer towels in college. It's, like, watching that, and then I moved, and I was like, meh, whatever. Um, But now, like, Austin is really growing in the soccer scene, and then last year with the Women's World Cup, and my love of Megan Rapinoe. Oh, love Megan. Love Megan. Um, You became a tried-and-true fan. I You are real. (laughs) You have more shirts than I do. I have shirts now. I have, like, schedules now. I'm, like... Can this happen every year? Because I was... I think it was mostly watching the camaraderie of, like, not only the teams that were there together, but then, like, as, like, the games ended, just, like, seeing how... uh, I don't think people understand, like, how interesting it is to be a woman in sports of, like, we, as a person who played volleyball, which... We'll get we'll get back there. Um, <laughs> but watching that of like we can be such beast at what we do. And then also then like still be very much good game, like such sporty people and then like hang out with each other afterwards. Like it's like you literally leave it in the game and keep going. But just watching them every time like they would beat one team and going through it and just watching how polite <laughs> and, you know, how unafraid they were to be their most badass selves on those fields and I think that's why women's soccer has gotten so big it's like people don't think that women can be people who aren't women don't think that women can't be that mm-hmm. rugged and in it and then big like, okay like I think her name's Sydney when she she plays soccer she recently had her second kid Sydney Leroy yeah. love her had her second kid and was back in like six months like back playing and I was like Girl, I think like, it
1: was three months. I think you're it was, probably right. It was something was insane like, like that. Girl. Like yeah. a baby. Only a woman I mean obviously having babies <laughs> but only a woman would be, you know, strong enough to just make that a goal and make it happen and be able to put her body through so much in any. such a short period of time and
0: then also like serena like after serena had her mm-hmm. kid like serena almost died giving birth to her daughter mm-hmm. and still was like was still playing while pregnant and then rehabbed really quickly got back in and was like back in and i'm like y'all can like take a break <laughs> like, you <don't> have to
1: <laughs> yeah, get
0: wild and and i'm just like but also i fully support it so yeah i think just the camaraderie of like women in sports and just seeing how like insanely fantastic that was this summer
1: I know. It's Talk about a role model.
0: Yeah, and then I also wanted to touch on the fact of, like, finding – so a friend of mine is moving to Austin. I've Mm -hmm. convinced him to move from Connecticut to Austin. I'm very excited about this. Um, But we were looking up – he plays baseball and softball, so we were looking up leagues today. And I was looking up leagues with him, and I was like, are there any just, like, female sports leagues? Like, I saw a lot of co-ed – and a lot of like, think like men only, but I was just like, I, I didn't see any women only leagues in Austin. So I want to talk to you about what that's been like. So I know you play a lot of, a lot of pickup games mm-hmm. in Austin.
1: Yeah, that's a really good question. I, there are definitely, I, I can't really speak to other sports because I am kind of a eat, breathe, sleep, soccer kind of gal. But uh-huh. um, there are definitely um, women only leagues. Um, I personally choose to play co-ed um, just because I'm not going to lie. I love going up kind of to your point (laughs) earlier. I love going up against men and just beating them and seeing the look on their face. Um, I just, I think it's really fun. Um, Nothing makes me feel stronger as a woman than to be able to lace up my cleats and compete with anybody. I don't care what gender you are. Um, And so, and I also just, you know, I like the camaraderie. I like, I love making friends through sport. I think it's a really great way to meet people. Um, So, to answer your question, yes, there are definitely <laughs> um, there are definitely women only leagues. There are lots of coa leagues. There are men's only leagues, um, and yeah, Austin is a great place to be if you're trying to play sports and i think that's a wonderful way to meet people as well
0: i know a friend of mine just flew in from seattle so i'm blaming her for the fact it's like 50 degrees outside because it was really hot it's the other cold. day and i was like can you not bring this weather because like we're outside all the time if you live in austin like, yeah it's, just, like, it's a way of life it's now the so. dead of
1: winter here
0: <laughs> it's january 50 but, degrees 50 dead degrees of winter to bundle up and not I go know. outside um but also like Soccer led you to your business, like upper yeah. ninety. Tell I upper never 90s. would have. <laughs> if you had asked
1: me ten years ago if I would still be doing something with soccer, I would have probably laughed. Um,
0: but you've been playing forever. I've been
1: playing forever. I I started playing when I was five. I played college soccer. Um, I still try to play, even though I'm old and it's sad. Don't you roll your eyes at me? You're you can't, old. you can't see her right now, <laughs> but she is rolling her eyes at me. You're not old. Um, so yeah, for me, growing up soccer is always about competition. Um, I grew up playing here in the Austin soccer community, um, and it was always about how do I get to that next level of competition? How do I make varsity in high school? How do I, you know, get on the best club team? How do I play in college? Um, how do I earn a starting spot? And I continued to play as an adult after I graduated, and I was working in New York City as an education consultant for nonprofits and foundations, and um, I really couldn't see myself kind of continuing down that path. Um, I was an account director, and my boss was a senior vice president, and I just, something felt a little off, and so I was looking around for volunteer opportunities, and I found another nonprofit in New York City that uses soccer as a tool to work with people experiencing homelessness. And I became a volunteer coach with them, and I coached at different homeless shelters around the city. And for me, it was just this light bulb moment. It was this moment where I realized that this game that I loved could actually be used as a community building tool. Hmm. Um, I was working with a bunch of young adults, and I just saw how it gave them a a reason to get up every day. It gave them a sense of purpose. It gave them a sense of community. Um, And so it kind of got my wheels turning. What if we use soccer as an educational tool? What if we taught students through soccer? Um, And so I was a volunteer coach with them for three years, and I was just kind of observing, you know, what works and what doesn't work from a programmatic standpoint. And I think at one point I was volunteering like six days a week, <laughs> and it was just kind of one of those so moments. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what? I am. I just found myself thinking about that work so much more than my regular job, um, and so I decided to take the plunge and go back to school, um, which was really, really scary to leave a career and leave a path that you know was comfortable and I liked. Um, and I went back to school kind of just, to, I, you know, I called it a soccer classroom, but my whole application was about upper 90. I didn't know what it would be called yeah. yet, but it was about building a program for teenagers that teaches using soccer. Um, and so, you know, like I said, I'm from Austin and I kind of, I would come back home and visit my family and I would just see how much the city was changing and I would see how, you know, we are one of the fastest growing cities in the country and we have, you know, our tech scenes booming and we have, you know, all this on resources for entrepreneurship. Um, but we're also one of the most racially and socioeconomically segregated cities in the country. Um, and the, the statistic that I learned that just floored me was 70 um, percent of school age children in Austin do not have access to a high quality out of school program. Because high-quality out-of-school programs cost money. So much money. Yeah. And so, you know, I, truthfully, I never set out to start my own nonprofit. And I was actually told on many occasions by people that I would never get any money because Austin has more nonprofits per capita than mm-hmm. any other Very city. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I saw how soccer was exploding in popularity here, and it just seemed like the perfect place to start this program. So... Um, I moved back and, you know, I had a couple of really lucky things that fell into place that enabled me to take such a big risk. Um, and we launched in August, 2017 and, you know, we kind of, we started small. It was, you know, me and Jordan and Jordan had another job at this, at that time. Sweet um, Jordan. I know we love Jordan. <laughs> um, and we were just kind of, you know, we have this idea, let's see if it sticks and that first year we had kids asking to join the program every single week, even like the last week of the school year. We heard from, you know, school principals and administrators that we are reaching kids that they had been unable to reach before. There's clearly something about
0: soccer that's yeah. different
1: than counseling well, or
0: that saying of like if you build it, they will come. And I always mm-hmm. think about like soccer is a sport that like like basketball, like you don't need a lot of gear to exactly. play. Exactly, need a ball, maybe some some cleats and shin guards. Other not than that, for ninety, not for ninety, you can yeah, come in, a ball and just and
1: run whatever. around. So
0: just making it super. It's a really accessible sport for people, and I love that. But yeah,
1: yeah, well, so it's supposed to be the whole rest of the world. It's like it's it is the one sport that you don't need money to play. But here, it costs thousands of dollars to play club soccer. So. It was kind of exactly that sentiment, but how do we take it kind of a step further? So Upper 90, we're a positive youth development program, and we use soccer as an educational tool to help low-income, middle, and high school students find personal and academic success. Um, so soccer is really kind of the start of what we do, and it's a way to build community. It's a way to teach. We do um, social-emotional learning. We do restorative justice. We do mindfulness. We do a bunch of really cool things. Um and just kind of basically what we really do is we help these kids who are so amazing. We just help them kind of discover how amazing they are and just, you know, kind of connect them with people who see that as well. I
0: think one of the best things you told me is like when y'all like circle up and have like discussions, like you'll see that the kids who really like don't talk to each other will like say they have something in mm-hmm. common, whether it be a favorite color or, like, what's going on at their home life, but just giving these kids a space to talk about these things with sports built in. Mm -hmm. It's, like, giving that comfort to have vulnerability at the same time. And it's – again, we always talk about, like – boys and growing up like being taught not to be emotional I feel like y'all are really taking down that wall of like listen having emotions and being vulnerable isn't bad like it it helps you actually grow as a person so that's been one of the best things that I've really loved about watching this this little engine that could now where is the name upper 90 come from for those who don't play soccer Uh
1: (laughs) I love I love how you add that in because if you if you really are a soccer fan, Bree, you <laughs> those, must know. I know. You I'm know. Just, I'm you trying know.
0: to get it for the people who don't
1: know. <laughs> so upper ninety is a soccer term and it describes where the two goalposts, the upper corners where it forms a ninety degree angle at the top two corners. Um, and when the ball is shot to the upper 90, you know, you'll hear announcers say, oh, it's upper 90 goal. Cool. It's pretty much unstoppable. It, like, it's really hard for keepers to stop that kind of a shot. And that kind of just speaks to our philosophy at upper 90. We want the students that we work with to become unstoppable young adults so that they can do whatever it is they want to do in life. And... Um, yeah plus it's just kind of a cool soccer term so that's what it means now you know
0: i love it i want to take a quick break here and then we'll come back and continue talking about soccer (laughs) we'll be right back And we're back with Caitlin, still talking about upper 90 and soccer. I really wanted us to touch on, like you were just saying, with soccer for a long time has been the sport that you can get in. It's really accessible. But I think about soccer in Austin, like you were just saying, like Austin's people of color, pop communities are going down a- exponentially they have over the last like five to ten years um I was actually just talking to a mutual friend about you this weekend at brunch and he and I were talking about that and I was like what I really loved about watching you run upper 90 is that you knew as a white woman that if you were going to serve predominantly community of color communities of color you couldn't be the one doing the day-to-day stuff so I've loved that like I think like 90 to 99% of your staff is people of color, the coaches, the day-to-day people who help you run it. Um, But yeah, let's let's jump in on that. Yeah, I mean,
1: I think, you know, soccer has always been a way for me to make friends with people that speak a different language or look different or come from a different background. And um, I think that's kind of the beauty of the sport is we're all here because we love this game um but I also think it's really important or it has been important for me to just be honest about that like I'm I'm a white woman from West Austin and that's my expertise I have expertise in certain things but I certainly do not have expertise in the communities that I want to work with and um so my goal was never to be the person running it I wanted to be the person that started it and kind of use the privilege I have to get it off the ground um but, I mean, there's so many amazing leaders that we've found that are from the community that are doing this work. And, um, yeah, and I think as that's something I always bring up very openly. And, and from the start, you know, I, I can't change the color of my skin, but I can use that to use the connections that I have and use the position that I have to be able to bring resources and attention into um, the work that we're trying to do. And with every new hire I just get I get excited that I'm kind of like a little bit further and further away from the actual on the ground work even though as much as I love the kids um so yeah yeah
0: that's always the tough part I I mean when I I switched from doing like day-to-day case management work to like behind the scene fundraising and so I Mm -hmm. totally empathize with like you miss the day-to-day of like meeting with people who you're serving but knowing like the behind the scenes work is just as important but not yep. as re- I feel like it's not as rewarding so that's like really different. I make
1: sure to get out on the field whenever <laughs> I can and it's yeah it's, it's really helpful to kind of bring yourself back to this is why we are doing it that just that one moment of connection with the kid
0: yeah I really want to switch into also like this lady boss energy I often think about women in friendship and women in business settings of like there's this notion that there's not enough space at the table for everyone, which for me is really difficult. I'm of this mindset of like, I want us all to win. I want us Mm -hmm. all to be at this table, but you know, having worked at places that I've worked with people who don't feel that same way, and it's that's probably why I don't work at these places anymore. Um, But I think about that too, like with your job, you've been really, I feel like a lot of people like you and Jordan have been like the like <laughs> chef's kiss of like two women working together, getting shit done um, and really like exemplifying that. And I just wanted to like talk about that because I know you're you're shifting away from upper 90s stuff and going to mm-hmm. Austin FC, which is so freaking cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I want to talk about that because I feel like you and I are in a couple of different group chats. <laughs> like, <laughs> me, you and Alicia, me, you and Jill. And it's just like yeah. us really like being there for each other from a friend level to whatever's going on at work to giving advice. And so I think about like about that sort of stuff, like how do we kind of keep ending this narrative of like women have to be in constant competition Mm -hmm. together to get anything done?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think back to, I think back to when I was really trying to get upper 90 off the ground and there was one conversation I remember in particular and it was with a man and, and that's, I, I do just want to say, I've had a lot of men help me and bring me into spaces and have been tremendous allies as well. Um, so we this is not, not a, men, yeah, this for is not sake a, a of men bashing, but for sake of argument, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I I literally every time I get a new check or a new grant or any, you know, any new donation, I like think of this conversation yeah. I'm like, ha, <laughs> I, I was speaking with somebody that I thought could potentially turn into a mentor of mine and he Straight up looked me in the eyes and said, You're never going to get money for this. You're nobody. No one, who are you? What do you, you don't have anything to show. You're never going to get money for this. And so I kind of use that as fire behind yeah. my back. Um, and I have to say, that hasn't been, I've met so many amazing women who. I think, first of all, you have to just acknowledge what you don't know. Like, I had never started a nonprofit before right. I did it. And so I, I would I would go into these meetings being very honest. You know, this is what I'm trying to do. This is why I'm trying to do it. Here's what I know. Here are the 47 things I don't know. Um, and I think there were so many women who were just willing to step up and bring me into the fold and introduce me to other people and and just were excited to see me try to do this and – I feel so lucky to have found, you know, the women I have in Austin, our power trio and, you know, our dream team planning committee and um, just women who I think it's also there's something you're you're not quite there yet. But, um, you know, being in your 30s as a woman,
0: I got two months so close, so close (laughs) right Um, there.
1: We we know who we are. We know what we want, and we've been around the block a couple of times. I'm already. There and then. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, you're. I'm mentally in, thirty. Already. In wisdom years, you're
1: definitely thirty. Right. But um, and so I think it's been really special to kind of reconnect to Austin and in that time in my life, and um, I feel like I'm friends with different women who are trying to do very different things, but we always are looking out for each other and it's like seeing how we can help each other. And, Oh, Hey, I know this person. Have you met this person? And, um, and that feels really refreshing. Just, yeah, my whole childhood teenage years as a woman, it was always about competing with other women. I always felt like I had to keep up with them or do what they were doing. And I feel like now it's much more of this energy of, you know, not only how do we help each other, but also we can be the leaders. And I think I, I actually used to say I'm a really good number two. Mm. Um, I know. So when I, my old job, I had an amazing boss and she's still a mentor of mine um, to this day. And I was just really good at being her number two. Yeah. Like she was just talk about, so we actually, we called her the bad Am I allowed to cut? You're so Okay. To cut Bad here. Bitch Boss Lady was her name. And we actually drew up business cards for her. Shout out to Jennifer Hahn. Yes. Um, and she was just the original. Like, she taught me how to be just a total boss lady in the office. And I think also just working under her, I kind of, I was like, you know what? I'm a really good number two. Yeah. And I think I kind of let myself, she was by no means keeping me down, but I think I just kind of let you myself think that. Yeah. yeah. And so breaking out and being, You know, being the the person at the top at Upper 90 has been a huge challenge, Um, but it's been it's been wonderful. And I think I'm nothing without the women around me. And Jordan is, I mean, just we love her. We can't say enough about Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, she's our program director, and she is just. She, she'll be president one day. That's all of I have everything. to say <laughs> of everything. Um, but yeah, we have her and we have amazing women on the board and amazing other women on the staff. And also just to kind of connect back to what we're talking about with like teaching boys about emotions and all of that. Like, it's kind of cool in our first year, we had, were all women coaches. So we were coaching these boys, that. yeah. And like, we didn't have male coaches and oh, <laughs> they would kind of look at you and then I would just meg them. And, you know, show them, okay, yeah, you have a thing or two to learn from me. Like, listen to your woman coach. And I think, um, yeah, just being, you know, majority female team has just been really powerful. And um, really I draw so much strength. There's so many days where, I, you know, I was like, I don't know why I'm doing <laughs> this. And Jordan or Alicia or you would be there to pick me up.
0: Yeah. I, I loved back when we were <laughs> planning your fundraiser. And it was mostly, like, us having a conversation in passing. And you're like, so, <laughs> I'm going to have this thing. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you would help me. And I was like, yeah, what do you need? Like, like didn't it wasn't even, like, a second thought to me. And you were like, I know you don't have time. I was like, I will find the <laughs> time. Like, what do you need? And then, like... Like you were saying, like connection, like Alicia and I know someone who in town who we introduced you to who is pretty well known. And, you know, she, she messaged me a couple weeks ago. She's like, I need to get back to Caitlin. And I was like, <laughs> OK, like she's not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, like she was really saying like she wants to like get together, like have, finish that conversation in yeah. her house that day. But like you're saying, there's so many. I feel like Austin is very different in that way. Like there's so many things and so many companies and so many opportunities here. That I think it's the Austin mentality too of like, I I ha- in the time I've been here I have never felt like I needed to compete with anyone, and I think it's just because there's always more opportunity here. So I feel like that's like a very special thing that we have here as well. Like, we always are really looking to see how we can help the next person and and, and turn the next generation. Like. I have the honor of being on a South by Edu panel with one of yeah. our youth from Out Youth, where I used to work, and um, they reached out to me, and they are just like the most insane, fantastically. They're they are going to be president one day. Uh. Cannot wait to watch. Their name is E, and I hope they listen to this because I boast about them all the time, and they get really embarrassed. But anyway. <laughs> Um but thinking about that of like. They just won an award. They have a lot going on. They have get, they're they getting a lot of notoriety around the city, and they're 17 years old. And I'm just like, just Oh, my wait. gosh. Like, yeah, like, just wait. Like, there's so much going on. And so we had a conversation a couple of weeks ago because they won an award from Glesson, which is this big, like, LGBTQA organization. They won, like, the Student Advocate of the Year Award. Oh, my gosh. So they got to meet, like, Octavia Spencer and some other, like, really famous people. And <laughs> we were talking because they – they really love yara shahidi the actress and also who's an activist she's this older she's probably like 18 or 19 years old and so they were they were told that they would get connected and the person who's, who's wanted to connect them hadn't followed up and they're like they came to me like well what if it's annoying that i reach out to them what do i do i'm like listen people say what they mean so if this person said to you they wanted to connect you it wasn't just them making conversation but i get it as a younger person you're like Help that's that professionalism of like you don't want to push too hard or seem ungrateful. I'm like what you can do is say, Hey, haven't talked to you in a while, X, Y, and Z and go from there. And so I have to follow up with them to see if they followed up with that person. But it's that also that push of like, if people see you doing so many great things, you are going to affect how they like representation are going to affect how their whole lives are so i think oh my gosh
1: and for somebody to learn that at the age of 17 and, i know and which i'm like you <laughs> are affecting change by uh, by helping them
0: i just want them to win yeah like, I, that's I incredible i have so much faith in e and i'm like i want it, i want to be e when i grow up like uh, at 17 they have like they uh, make their own clothes like ask alicia oh and my gosh I go this kid all the time but Amazing. Anyway, I'm done like momming about this. Kid, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I I'm just I just I think about how yes Austin has its downsides for mm-hmm. sure. Um, but I think about the amount of growth that has happened. Living, I mean, the city as a whole. But then you as a person, like you moving back here around the time that I had just moved here. So like yeah. watching like that shift of like how many things have gone on and are gone on in our lives and just. I mean. It's been I've a lot. It's been a lot. But <laughs> I think,
1: you know, whenever people say like, oh, you know, you've done you've done so much in just three years or whenever they try to speak to that growth mm-hmm. at Upper 90, it, I don't think it's a testament to me. I I really do think it's a testament to how open armed the city can be. I Absolutely. mean, the only reason the I've been able to do there. this is, yeah, yeah. It's, the need was there. And I think, you know, yes, I maybe like try to start something, but. Every, everywhere I turn, there was somebody else who was willing to help me with something and introduce me to somebody else who could help me with the next thing. And so there is definitely, you know, there are, there are problems with Austin as there are in every city. But um, I think that that energy for helping move things forward and is just, it's really incredible.
0: Yeah. What's, like, your hope for Upper 90 right now is, like, shifting? you have a lot of change going yeah, on Yeah, we have that. a lot of
1: change. Um, so as we, you know, become aligned with 4ATX Foundation, which is the philanthropic arm of Austin FC, our major league soccer team that is just going to be the best thing ever. Can't wait. Um, my goal is really – I hope it will continue to grow. I hope that we – reach every student in Austin. um, How many schools are you in right now? um, We are currently in three schools. Um, We run our after school program at three schools. We're at four sites. We have a community program on the weekends in the summer. Um, We've had students from 31 different schools come out to that, which is really cool. Um, But yeah, I just I hope that with this is an opportunity for us. We kind of tapping into the spotlight that comes with you know being a part of this amazing professional soccer team and the foundation the 4ATX foundation Um, I'm hoping that we can just spotlight these communities and the work that we're doing and and get more resources be able to bring more resources into the fold so that we can serve more kids
0: yeah well let's take a quick break and then we'll be back with this conversation And we're back. We're gonna shift and talk about making friendships as an adult because, again, I've heard it's difficult. So
1: you've heard, I've heard. I haven't, I haven't experienced
0: it. And I, you know, we were just talking off air about it's mostly about vulnerability. Um, and I asked you how long you've known Louise, who I met through you, because I thought y'all had just recently met. But no. it turns out you've known her since yeah, high school. Louise
1: and I went to high school together. We we actually played volleyball together freshman year. Um, but we weren't super close um, to the point where, you know, when I moved back, I didn't know that she was here. Yeah. I wouldn't have reached out to her necessarily. But she works in restorative justice. There's a lot of circle restorative circle work. And so we got connected through that and um, have become really close, which is just an interesting thing to become close with someone that you knew when you were younger. Right. But yeah, I, I do think that vulnerability. Is the key. I think there have been, you know, Brene Brown. We were just talking about. It. She's written so Love much her. about how vulnerability is really the key to making close relationships
0: and. Also, Brene, you'll be in Austin for the keynote at UT Texas, UT Austin. If you want to like hang out, <laughs> come on my podcast. yes <laughs> yeah <Hit me up. laughs> We have a mutual friend, <laughs> so if you just want to make it happen, anywho, I like that plug. Uh, listen, 2020, nothing. I back could and see happened. it. All I the good things. It. It's my Oprah year, so. I love it. Yeah. Sorry. Vulnerability
1: yeah. and friendships. Vulnerability. Yeah. I don't know. I I think, I mean, I think with our working upper 90, we're working with teenagers and telling them to be vulnerable and we're modeling vulnerability for right. them. And I think those are the years where friendships can be really tricky to navigate. Um, I also think when you're younger, you just kind of tend to go through things with each other. Mm-hmm. And so you just kind of, whether you want to or not, you just end up being a little bit more, more vulnerable. And as you get older, I think sometimes, solid. yeah, people yeah. feel like they, they kind of develop a little bit better armor and they they get better at hiding things, I think.
0: and I think we're a little jaded when we're older, too. Like yeah. We're afraid of letting new people in because it's like... You've been hurt. You've been hurt, past. but I'm also solid with that pain. Mm-hmm. And then also, like, it's like dating, but not dating. It's it like, is, yeah. It's a yeah. like platonic relationship. Yeah. So it's also that thing of, like, yeah, like you have to make be willing to make the space to have these people in your life, like... Like, we were just talking, like, with me, I got real close to vulnerability when I was young. Like, I've mentioned before, I've lost, I lost my mom when I was really young, and my dad and I stopped talking when I was 18. So, like, I'm, I, pain, vulnerability, all that sort of stuff. Like, we're old friends. We're, like, mm-hmm. in a text message chain. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with that, but I think that can also be a little overwhelming to people because, like, I'll go and talk, like, do speaking agents about, like, all of my life experience and that's just like where I am on my vulnerability trajectory well, I think can I just
1: yeah I mean I think that's a really beautiful thing I think that yeah. there are many people that could go through similar things and that they could have a very different yeah. reaction like they could actually like, shut oh. off and not so I, I you should give yourself more credit oh. And, oh that's just the way I am I think that's a beautiful thing that that's how you've Thank responded you. to those things
0: yeah I mean in it's, your life I, I think loss and pain is one thing it's something that everyone goes through in some way shape or form for if it's you know losing a parent or you break up with a partner or you know all these things that can happen that really change the trajectory of our lives and rather than me rather than like becoming a really jaded sad person I've decided to do the opposite of like life is way too short you just never really know so like I love the fact that like I have so many different friends and groups and things that I am involved with um, but I think about it in the, in the way of it made, not to boast but like it makes scheduling really hard like lately I've been hearing a lot of people like you're just so busy and I'm like no you just don't try mm. and it's this thing of like people see me do a lot and so they don't even bother reaching out it's been like a lot of conversation yeah. I'm having to have lately of like don't just assume I'm busy because although I'm doing a lot there are days I do nothing and just sit home and like yeah. literally just lay yeah. on my floor and just let time pass and take some time to just like really center myself but yeah I, I, I think about it that way too like you deciding to be someone's friend is also you wanting to add that level of commitment back into your life absolutely too. And, like, you can have these long-term friendships of like people you've known forever who you're solid with like I am in a group chat with three of my best friends from back home, and we've been in this group chat since two thousand fifteen Wow it's like a five year group and i've known them i've known them since I was fourteen um so forever um but yeah, I think about that, too, is, like, how much effort are you willing to put in? How much conversation are you willing yes. to have? And then it's, like, the thing of, like, if you know someone so long, like, it's easy to kind of keep that, like, falling off. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you're starting this new friendship, it's, like, you have to try. You have to be willing to make that time. And I think about that, like, especially here in Austin, I think so many people do so many different things. Like, there's some thing to do either sports or volunteering Mm -hmm. or what have you so yeah I think it's again it's like another commitment you have to be willing to
1: yeah I love how you're talking about kind of the agency and you have to take it upon yourself to really make an effort and so I I lost my dad last year and you know this is an experience that many people have at different ages and different times and um, it was particularly traumatic I lost him to suicide and I one of the most beautiful parts of my life has been how my friends have shown up for me in this past year and I think historically I've been the kind of friend that you know I will show up and I will make an effort and I will go on my way to reach out to you and this past year I took I took so much and I you know someone recently asked me what I'm looking forward to in 2020 and I'm I'm looking forward to giving more and kind of like being that friend again that can give I just really didn't have it in me last year um, and so I think it was one of those moments where I didn't really have a choice. I mean, I, I guess I, I did have a choice. I, I chose to be vulnerable and, and be honest about what I was going through. And people showed up. And I think it's kind of that give and take. They sh- I was vulnerable. They showed up. I'm going to show up for them. And, you know, we all go through different seasons in life and you can't always be the person that's giving all the time. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's just about making that choice to to make that effort, no matter how busy you get and to reach out to people and especially reach out to people that seem like they're busy and always yeah. having a great time or like they're always all right. You know, yeah. you never really know.
0: And showing up looks so different. Um, like Alicia and I actually talked about you on her episode about what it means to set a healthy boundary. And it's so like with me. I am okay with, like, sitting with someone if they want to cry. Like, I mm-hmm. am that friend. Like, I love that cool sort of emotional vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, with Alicia, like, she's like, I can do this, this, and this with you, mm-hmm. but I can't do this. Like, knowing also your boundary of, like, what am I willing to do with yeah. this new friendship of, like, how am I going to show up in this friendship? What is What does this friendship look like for both of us? I and ended, we became
1: closer through that because, right. yeah, it's relationships with boundaries are healthier and not. Yeah, everyone can give in different
0: ways. I actually ended three friendships last year that were really hard to end, and I'm like, December was like the month I like finally like accepted it. Um, but I also don't think people understand like the loss of a friendship and mm. how I want to. That would be a podcast episode. Yeah, <laughs> how yes. heavy that is. Like people give you so much space when, like, you lose a parent or you mm-hmm. break up with a partner or, like, you lose a job unexpectedly. But, like, for you to mourn a friendship, like, I cried about that, those mm-hmm. three friendships for, like, two months. Like, just sitting by myself and crying about it. But I'm also the kind of person who's like, okay, you got five minutes. <laughs> like, <sighs> get back in. Um, so, like, for me last year was, like, that was, like, my little bit of vulnerability of telling people, like, I i am very grateful for the friendships I still have but I needed to be able to have that space to be sad about these other friendships so but those friendships were all like ones I had made in maybe the last two years but like I was with those people all the time so it was a real big shift of like now I'm not with you every day we don't talk at all we're not connected in any way shape or form so I also think about that too of like when you make these friendships it's like Mm -hmm. making adult friendships it's like how do you invest that time? Yeah, adequately. I only have so much of it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's this new thing. So it's like, do you invest a lot in the beginning, or like do you do a little in the mm-hmm. beginning and then like figure it out and then go at the end? It's like
1: dating. There's so many different <sighs> paces. It really. It, it's at the end of the day, it's all relate really human relationships, yeah. right? Whether they're romantic or friendships, it doesn't really matter. And I yeah. I love your point about how. We don't talk about grieving friendships and, mm-hmm. and I think you, you know, you, I know you did talk to me about that last year and, you know, we can only get better at supporting each other if we speak and we're honest and vulnerable about mm-hmm. the pain that we're feeling. And, yeah, I've, I also have had friendships that have ended and it's, it's quite painful.
0: Yeah, <sighs> yeah. growth being an adult keep yeah. going
1: keep growing all
0: the time that's why the podcast song is what it is people Hey, shout out to Mama Duke again just shamelessly <laughs> um, but yeah I think this has been so great I've enjoyed this this has been the best awesome. thank you so
1: much for having of me of course we
0: also haven't seen each other in a while so we're also gonna go grab dinner right now <laughs> yeah some things catch up about all the things all the things um, I wanted to ask is any last minute things you want to plug before we get to the last question of the day I'll be sure to link F C Austin F C yeah. sorry. Uh upper ninety, all that sort of stuff.
1: But Yeah, if you if you like kids in soccer, hit me up and come play with their kids. Come see an Austin F C game we'll start playing next Portland. year, twenty twenty one. Maybe Megan will come. Do not maybe I mean joke.
0: Austin is an attractive city, you know. Do Maybe not. she'll come. No, cause Sue plays out there, they can't they can't separate. I
1: know, okay. I didn't mean move here. I meant to like come Just see isn't. a game. It's a fun city to come visit. Megan Rapinoe. And if we tell her that you're here, you know
0: Megan Rapino. It could happen. Know. Again, speaking to the existence, Megan Rapinoe, when you come to Austin, I want to hang out. So I don't know who's going to hear this and maybe introduce yep. me to her. But this well, is we'll show you a good time. Austin FC, Green and Black, we'll, <laughs> we'll hang out. It'll be great. <laughs> we'll show you the kids upper 90 would love to meet you. Mm-hmm. Think of it that way. you it for the kids, Megan. Do it for the kids, Megan. Do it for the kids. For the kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My last question is, what is the best advice you were ever given or what's a piece of advice you would give your younger self?
1: Ooh, I love that. Uh-huh. Okay. Take Let's a minute. <laughs> yeah, let me think on this for a second. Well, I, I think in thinking in kind of what we've been talking about being a lady boss and vulnerability and all these things are connected with just, we were actually talking about this right before Ooh. we recorded, but just be honest about what you don't know and be, you know, ask for help reach out to people and ask for help whether it's if you're trying to learn a new skill or you know advance in your career or if you're you know dealing with depression or anything just like ask for help i think humans are meant to connect and i think i spent a lot of years hiding and and suppressing feelings and things because i felt like i had to be perfect and obviously no one is perfect and so just reach out for help well even oprah even <laughs> oprah i might venture yeah
0: i love that that's yeah you don't know what you don't know you don't know what and it's, know it's know. okay to admit it yep. it's, a, it's a place of vulnerability and potential for growth people that was great <laughs> that's it for this week's episode of the tea with brie be sure to follow us on instagram at the tea with brie Send me an email at the tea with Brie at Gmail and visit the website thetewithbreepodcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, or just share the show with, with someone who you love and think you would enjoy this show. The podcast was recorded at Capital Factory in downtown Austin, Texas. And a special thanks to Mama Duke for our theme music. And I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.